Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, speaking of things closing down, the government has been urged to ensure against unjustified closure of religious services. And at the weekend, A2 representative Becky Keeley presented a letter to the Bishop of Cloyne, William Crean, <clears throat> pardon me, on behalf of mass goers who had contacted her, which outlined what she said were concerns of many of the Corkonians uh, who said uh, had, had contacted her about the impact of the level three restrictions on religious services. And she joins me on the line. Uh, Becky, good afternoon to you. Hi, Niall. How are things? Uh, well, I suppose as good as they could be, Becky, on, on the day that's in it. I suppose that we, on top of a pandemic, we also have a budget now as well, which is making people very miserably unhappy. Uh, but I suppose mass goers are miserably unhappy because they don't get to go to mass at the moment. I'm not a religious man, but I feel their pain. Yeah, well, I suppose, look, Niall, this all kicked off about two weeks ago. We had Dublin and Donegal. They were in their own county lockdowns and there was talks of Cork joining um, in its own county lockdown. So my phone started hopping. Uh, people were contacting me saying if we're going to a level three in Cork, the churches need to remain open. And uh, it's not just Catholic churches that we're talking about here. Like AIM2 has been engaging in minority churches on the issue as well. Um, I had members of the Jewish community contacted me. They re- um, had services over the last couple of weeks that they couldn't attend. Um, and they're very upset about them too. And I do know that the Muslim community have been in direct direct contact, sorry, with Padder himself. Um, mm-hmm. So everybody's being affected by this. But I suppose just here in Cork, the majority of people that were contacting me were people from the Christian and Catholic communities. Of course, and that would be the majority. I mean, there's yeah. an argument there, Becky. People will say, but sure, aren't RTE running live mass every morning again, uh, which they did throughout COVID-19 lockdown. And people are saying, you know, could people not peacefully pray at home, I suppose, whilst watching television? Uh, that wouldn't be yeah. acceptable, obviously, to some of the people that are Yeah, well, no, I hear what you're saying. And yeah. we did have to watch mass online during the lockdown back yeah. in March. But there's more to it than just watch it online. Like, people attend the church for a reason. Catholics believe in the Eucharist and receiving Holy Communion. They want to physically receive that. And it's about part of their daily routine as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like if we just take Mrs. Murphy, for example, she gets up every morning, she goes to 10 o'clock Mass, she goes off to the shop, she does her bit of shopping, and she's back at home in time for her 11s. Yeah. And it's Mrs. Murphy that's calling for this because people need a routine. It's part of our mental health and our well-being that we continue our routines. And I mean, I'm on, like, I'm totally with the people on this. It's completely irrational and illogical to shut the the churches because the church has never been the cause of any outbreak or cluster. Well, well, I mean, they are quite large. Pardon me, they are quite large buildings. Exactly. Uh, And the average capacity that a church can hold is up to 600 people. And the average daily attendees is 40 people. And the government are trying to tell us that we can't have a socially distant mass. Of course you could. It just yeah. makes no sense. No. And, 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 I'm sure, and I'm sure people, particularly those going to a church, because it is kind of silent prayer, tends to be, and it tends to be quite peaceful, the whole situation. Nobody's going yeah. to start having a barney in the middle of it because somebody's no. too close to somebody else. And you know what I mean? I'll tell you one thing, that the behaviour that I've seen in churches is a lot different to the behaviour that I've been seeing in some of the pubs, from the, you know, the videos that came from the pubs in Dublin. It's nothing like well, that. Well, it tends to be elderly people, I suppose, Becky. Would that be fair to sure. say? Yes. So the weekday masses, 
the majority of people um, attending are, are, are elderly people. At the weekends, you have families and the younger generation. And I actually put up a Facebook post on this issue, and I couldn't get over the response that I was getting from the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a group of young people in Cork contacted me, and they asked me, would I submit a letter to the bishop on their behalf? Mm-hmm. And I went down to Cove the weekend, and I did just that. And a few of them met, met me down there. You probably saw the pictures. It was all young people behind that. They wanted to let the bishops know. We, the young people, also want the mass back. It's not just and has, about has the And has Padder himself raised this issue with the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly? And what was the reaction? Or has this issue been raised with the Minister for Health? Um... I'm not sure if it's actually been raised with the Minister for Health. I know Padder has raised it in the doll, but I don't know if it's been directly raised okay, uh, all right, okay. with the Minister. Yeah. But just to go back to like some of the facts that we have, um, some of the recent um, figures that came from Cork, uh, from Dr. Ronan Glenn, there was 350 cases recorded in Cork in one week. 70 of them were directly linked to pubs and restaurants. Now, these are identified cases. And those pubs and restaurants were still allowed to operate. And that's fine. I'm not knocking that. That's a good thing. I think it's good that pe- it's vital that people are still allowed to socialise. And But on the flip side of that, like I just said, you look at the size of the church, the guidelines that are being adhered to. Uh, you said yourself, like, you're not religious, you don't attend mass. Uh, everyone is wearing masks, Niall. Yeah. You, everyone has to sit in, in every second pew so that everyone is distant. As people go up to receive Holy Communion and as they exit the church, it is done one row at a time. So there is absolutely no way that the virus can be passed uh, within. The What's four the story walls with com- the with communion itself, Becky? I mean, uh, du- even during the you know the tougher times, go back a couple of months ago, was the communion being handed out? I mean, is, is that and I don't know about virus well, risk or anything like well, that. But since the lockdown was lifted, yes, communion was being handed out. Yeah. Okay, so you'd have to be fairly yeah. close to the priest for that, wouldn't you? Butchers, everyone's wearing visors and masks. I like, suppose you know so. Oh, yeah, I suppose yeah. it wouldn't be and a huge risk. Inside in the schools, Niall. I mean, we've primary and secondary schools. Uh, you know, you've thirty to fifty students in a very small and confined confined space. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be realistic. The class, uh, the classrooms are very small. Well, we've the largest class sizes in Europe. Yeah, so yeah. And those students are sitting next to each other. No, they're wearing masks, but they're next to each other for six hours a day. I, I think the argument, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. You want to see, and as the pubs and restaurants said at the start of this, we want to see the data and science that that's making you make these decisions or that's allowing you to make these decisions. I yeah. suppose their argument, and I'm not going to try and preempt their argument, is that the, particularly churches and the Catholic churches more so than other, uh, I suppose, Muslim and other ones, would have an older congregation. Um, so, you know, the older people obviously would be more greatly at risk to COVID-19 if that was the case. Now, I know it's a personal responsibility. And, if that's at, and also saying that the elderly are more cautious. And yeah. like all of the outbreaks and cases that we are seeing, it's down to the younger generation. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, why don't we just try bringing back daily mass for the elderly? OK, OK. Uh, let's get mass back during the week where there's a minimal chance of uh, cases being tra- trans- transmissed. And then let's discuss Sunday Mass down the road for for families and the younger people. I know, I know, uh, Dear Mid Martin obviously has been saying the same thing recently to the government that, that we need to get Masses back for because many people, as you rightly pointed out, it's not just about praying, it's not just about being there, it's a social event, yes. you know, it's a community event for, for elderly people as part of their routine and their daily routine. And I get that. Yeah, I, and it's, it's the loss, 
it's the loss of nor- normality mm-hmm. in people's lives that have left them feeling desolate. I mean, we're seeing a surge in depression, hopelessness and suicide. And it, those people are more in need of spiritual solace like never before. And when we talk about a person suffering, yes, there's psychological help, but there's also spiritual help and comfort that that person and you know you're right now you're right no matter what you happen to believe in if it makes you feel better it makes you feel happier sure isn't that a good thing and and quality of life is very important as well which we seem to forget at the moment particularly for elderly people you know who yes. wouldn't have as long left in their lives so quality I of life I just can't so understand why the government would shut down the mass and all okay. other religious services when there hasn't been any outbreak actually linked Okay, listen, thank you very much, Becky. I think you made a very well a good point there. That's uh, Ainty representative of Cork Northwest. And on the line, by the way, as well, is Catherine Sunshine. And Catherine has set up a petition to open back up the churches and the religious services. Good afternoon, Catherine. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. By the way, is Sunshine your second name? It is, and it's my real surname. What a wonderful it. name. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. That's a, just a, I mean, where does the name Sunshine come from? I've got no idea, I suppose, from my dad, but that's as far as I know. <laughs> so when you tell people my name is Catherine Sunshine, they must think you're taking the piss like. <laughs> yeah, they will. You want to see when I go through customs. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Catherine Sunshine. Sure it is. Yeah, and I'm Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, Catherine, I mean, you've set up a petition. I, I mean, I'm assuming you're a religious person yourself. What denomination would you be or? I would just say that I'm a Bible-believing Christian. Okay. And um, I just felt really convicted that I needed to do something about these restrictions that were brought in on the 6th of October. Um, as your listeners know, we're under level three at the moment. So I set up a petition on change.org called the Removal of Prohibition of Religious Services. Okay. And that received, um, it had nearly 10,000 shares. It received 1,000 signatures in the first 24 hours. Um, and... I just think it just shows that there's an overwhelming amount of support from people all across the country who really want to see the government make some changes in regards to the closure of religious places of worship. And in relation to yourself, how often would you have, before obviously they closed, how often would you have gone to church? How often would you go? Once a week? Twice a week? Yeah, uh, yeah we, I, we would be the once a week kind of people. Okay. Um, but there would be other things that our church would do, you know, youth groups or um, Bible meetings. Yeah, it's part of the community, groups. isn't it? It's, it's more yeah. so part of the community, of course. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing that we, we're kind of missing here as well, that, you know, there will be people who aren't uh, religious. Um, but, you know, churches and places of worship have provided a real cornerstone for people, um, people with mental health issues, people who are vulnerable in our society. They've offered a lot of support and services to people. And, you know, I, I really question um, how this is going to negatively impact on people's mental health. You know, and as a result of that, if we have people that are feeling isolated and falling into depression, you know, I suppose it's a secondary issue, but, you know, that will have a knock-on on our economy. If people are being signed off sick from work because of mm. their mental health, that's going to have a, you know, there's a knock-on effect to each decision that the government makes. And I just find it really astonishing that, you know, the WHO came out yesterday saying that lockdowns really aren't the, aren't the answer. answer. No, no. Um, and with I don't think the Irish government are listening to that, by the way. They've gone a little bit rogue, to be honest with you. The Irish <laughs> government have gone a, a little bit rogue because I suppose they're making up for their, their incompetent health service over the last 30 years, but however. Well, we're the only country in Europe at the moment where a government is telling people not to meet for worship. Um, so I really well, think I think in the UK, are they not closed? I know Donald Trump said he would never close places of worship, which he didn't, right? They opened well, them back up. Well, my mom is actually yeah. in England, and, and the churches are still open now. There, there are restrictions and things like that. But Certain areas, I mean, yeah. 
it's not just um, you know churches or people wanting to go to mass. We do have a Muslim community, a Jewish community. We even have a Hindu temple in Ireland. So this this affects a huge demographic. A demographic. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've said it already to Becky. I mean, I'm not religious at all. Uh, but in saying that, I do understand why, if you are religious, you would want to go to your place of worship, and I and I respect that. Uh, and I do believe that people should be able to do that, provided it can be done in a responsible manner. And as we said already, churches in general, uh, you know the the physical structure of most churches is quite large. So there's no reason why that can't be possible or isn't possible. Yeah, and I think, you know, there, there is merit for having services online. Some people are going to prefer to access that, that online. But I also think for a lot of elderly people, you know, dealing with technology can be a real struggle. Of course, I myself, yeah. If yeah. I'm on a Zoom meeting, I can lose my marbles. Yeah, well, you know, your average 80-year-old doesn't have an iPad, you know, or, or, or a yeah. computer. I mean, some do, but a lot don't, you know what I mean? That's right. And, you know, a lot of churches are quite small in size anyway. And from, from my personal experience, churches are very proactive in encouraging all the recommended measures that the government has put out to people. And as Becky said, you know, we haven't had any clusters in churches. And yet we've seen that uh, across countries, across the school, we've seen that in uh, meat processing plants and they're still operational. So one does have to question well, I suppose we talk about necessity. I mean, food is necessary. Praying, well, for some people, praying is necessary. But because somebody says here, can you not just pray in your houses, you feckers? Uh, okay, I mean, I, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you could just pray in your house. But as you said, it's not just about the praying; it's more about the community aspect of it, particularly for the elderly people. Well, I think so. Yeah, you know, and you you could put forward that argument, but you know, quite clearly, the government. I think, believes that, you know, doing things virtually online is is not as good as in person. Because if they thought that delivering education, for example, online was sufficient, then they wouldn't have reopened the schools. You know, there has to be said that there is merit to doing things, you know, physically in person. Children are going to benefit greatly from an education point of view by being at school, interacting with their teachers, participating in class activities. And from a spiritual point of view, you know, as a Bible-believing Christian, I, I do believe that Hebrews 10.25 tells us that we should meet together. So I feel that, you know, I have a, a religious obligation to do that. Is that do, by the way, is your religious obligation, Catherine, and I'm sorry, I'm a bit rushed for time here, but is that not protected by the Constitution? Yeah, that's right. Article 44.1 uh, says the state acknowledges that the homage of public worship is due to Almighty God. It shall hold his name in reverence and shall respect and honour religion. Okay, well then, well then the, the, the rule, okay, well then the guideline of closing churches, does that not contravene the Constitution? Well, you see, at the time that that was issued, it was simply a guideline. But the concern that I have now is that statutory instrument 413 has been brought in and it would be a criminal offence for somebody to organise an event that had more than 15 people. Yeah, up to 10,000 euro so, fine, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so arguably, you know, if a priest decides... I'm he can get fined. I get you, I get you, I get you. Yeah, we are living in a country now where theoretically a priest could be put in jail for holding a mass. And oh, that's yeah. deeply concerning to me. I mean, it almost goes back 300 years, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. oh, well, it is deeply concerning, Catherine, I understand. And I, and I absolutely believe we should be treating elderly people in particular because they're the ones generally who use these places of worship. And, and I think we should be treating them with more respect and understanding and have more of a level of understanding to their quality of life more so than their longevity of life. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Catherine. You've made a very good point there. Thanks uh, so much. Catherine, uh, sunshine, by the way. Um, uh, oh, by the way, Catherine, are you still there? Yes. Where yeah, is your, where is your petition, by the way? Where can they sign it? Uh, the petition can be found on change.org and it's called The Removal of Prohibition of Religious Services. The Removal of Prohibition of Religious Services and it's on That's change.org. Right, on change.org. All right, Lovely. okay. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, Catherine. Appreciate it.